did how do you even make friends as an adult are, are we adults we'll fact check that later <laughs> hey yo it's amy and rachel and we are back for another episode if you are just joining us welcome we are two adults trying to be friendsies outside of work going on a wild and crazy adventure um each week we come together and we pull questions randomly out of a jar to ask each other to get to know each other on kind of like a personal basis. I don't know. If you have a question that you want us to ask, definitely shoot us an email or drop us a comment. We are always looking for cool things to learn about each other. If you have an answer to one of our questions, again, drop it. Let us know. We want to get to know you too. And we'd love for you to talk these out with your friends, get to know them too. Some of these questions just don't come up in regular conversation and there's no reason that we don't want to know them. So without further ado, I will ask Miss Rachel to pull us out a topic to start our discussion for today. No pressure. <gasps> Two have nested oh, no. in each other. Oh no. Okay. Go dominant hand and then undominant hand. Oh my gosh, I literally can't, I can't contort the piece of paper. Movie. All right. I like how we can tell the ones that we started with and the ones yes. that we have. <laughs> it's like, all the new ones have context. <laughs> um, okay, movie. Okay, movie. Do you have anything top of mind? Do you want to go first? I feel like I was just jumping. I will tell you that um, my very favorite movie for a very, very long time has been um, Top Gun. And I won't even apologize for it. Never seen that movie. That was my my first racy scene movie. It was like everything that I was like interested in being a part of because the military I don't care like how unrealistic majority of it was like men in flight suits apparently that was like internalized trauma that I decided to live out in my adult life like um yeah I mean I have lots of movies that I enjoy because I enjoy movies um but that is like I'll I'll hold to that's my favorite movie because it probably other things have changed that has maybe not okay what would you say is your like least favorite or like worst movie do you have one um I uh don't do well with scary movies um I don't I don't like being scared I don't like the adrenaline rush I don't like being surprised in my real life um and so uh like any any of your normal typical I mean, and it's not uh like it's not gross stuff like seeing gross stuff doesn't bother me I'll like eat dinner while I'm watching a medical thing where they're like cutting people over like that doesn't bother me um so not gory but like the we see the intruder we see the person or the whatever um and I would put underneath that category though I will actually watch these is like a like a mind f thriller type of thing so like a beautiful mind or whatever where you can't tell what's real and what's not real no thank you please I don't care for that but like Anything to do with like the spiritual realm in a scary way is very bothersome to me because I feel all of that around me all of the time. And I don't like, um, I don't like people 
I don't like anything coming into my space and creating a connection in my brain that that sense should be scary or bad or negative. And so I don't like that. Um, like I enjoyed watching a beautiful mind. I just don't like not knowing what's real or not real. Like that makes me mm. creeped out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like American horror story. I cannot do it. Okay. All right. So I think that's interesting. So I love psychological thrillers where you don't know what's what. And I love things like the Sherlock Holmes movies that came out where like, oh, I love, like, oh, yes. like I smelled a smell and that like broke. Yes. You would never know. And it's because I have like, and I never say anything. I'm not a bad movie friend, but I usually guess the ending within five minutes of starting the thing. Like as soon as they're like, here's the problem. Here's the premise of the movie. I'm like, oh, it's that like, I was like dating some guy in university and he was like obsessed with old school movies and I was not educated. And so he was taking that upon himself and we watched the usual suspects and like the title was coming across and I turned to him and I was like, is it this person? And he was like, oh, like, no, like, oh yeah, no. <laughs> he was like, have you, you seen this before? And I was like, no, like, I'm just really good at guessing. <laughs> yes. Um, so like, I really like the psychological ones where some stuff is fake and some stuff is real and you would have no logical way of knowing because then I can't guess the ending and then I get to enjoy the movie like everyone else and be surprised at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like jump scare. That's yeah, no. I hate it. Like, what is like, I don't like any, like my husband keeps trying to it's me cheap. Watch like, I'm like, no, I'm not interested. Thank you. Um, but I'm obsessed with criminal minds. Oh, yes like yes I love it I, love it I can so I can watch that yeah. yeah like it's like he doesn't understand like he doesn't understand the disconnect of I don't like things just jumping out of nowhere specifically to startle me I don't like being startled I don't mind being scared or anxious in that context specifically mm-hmm. um I would say for me my favorite movie of all time has to be the first Die Hard movie and this okay has- this has context um so I was like unhealthily obsessed with Alan Rickman in university I've seen all of his stuff including like weird European like independent film stuff that my mom had to order six months in advance to get me for Christmas like Mm -hmm. I have his like whole CV like is in my movie library um but the first thing I ever saw him in was the Die Hard movie is Hans Gruber so fantastic um I liked it because it's like lighthearted enough that I could study to it and so I ended Mm. up playing it every single night because like I have a weird study habit where like I process my thoughts through writing and so I would like take handwritten notes in class and like I basically take dictation and so it was just like crazy frantic writing so I would come home on the weekends um like to go to my job and whatever and I would spend the evening like watching Die Hard and rewriting out my notes like color-coded in like proper correct like English um I'd write them in like these little spiral notebooks I still have them which is kind of weird um and like I would illustrate them so like if I thought of like a funny joke or something I would just illustrate it in the side so like I have some weird stuff in there as well um but yeah so I used to listen to that every single night and it was just so soothing and like it was just so nice and like Alan was there and it was great um so I'd say that that is definitely my favorite um just because it worked its way into my soul somehow and then I would say least favorite is do you remember district nine do you remember that where the aliens invaded yes 
and like I don't gravitate toward an alien thing so I've never seen it but yes I couldn't even finish it like I bought it when Blockbuster went out of business I just went and got so many movies because I have like a stash I have over 500 movies um it's fine like we didn't have I didn't have cable I moved out I lived by myself like I needed something to do Blockbuster was like two blocks from me and they were going out of business. Like <laughs> I made a steal. Um, but District 9 was one of the things that I got because one of my friends wanted to watch it and I couldn't even finish it. Um, I got to the part where like they had like cut the guy's arm off and like stuck an alien arm on him to see if he could fire the gun. And I just like freaked. My nervous system was like, we are done here. Turn it off. Like we're not okay. We're never sleeping again. Um, and I realized like later I heard um, or like I read an article or something that District 9 was actually um, about the apartheid. I didn't know that, but I was like, I couldn't figure out what was like absolutely not okay. Like it was not mm-hmm. making the connection for some reason. And so like my body was just like violently responding to what I was watching. And like later when I read the thing, I was like, oh, like that actually makes a lot of sense. Why that was not sitting well with me. Um, so I'd say definitely least favorite is that just because I couldn't even finish it. I had no idea how it ends. If anybody knows mm-hmm. how it ends, like feel free to drop a message. I don't know. And I'm scared to go look it up. Um, did we win? I like, I don't know. That needs a conclusion for me. <laughs> Did we help a girl out? Yes. I remember. So like a scary movie would not have been a thing that I, um, that would have happened in my house growing up and we didn't have TV, um, or like cable or like satellite dish or anything like that. So my grandfather used to like videotape shows that I wanted to see and then he'd mail me the the videotape so like I watched all of the whole scene it was like the uh what is it like the prototype for Netflix yeah it's totally (laughs) true so like I watched you know all of Home Improvement and all of like Boy Meets World and things like that that way um but I feel the same way about anything that has to do with the Holocaust especially if they did an inaccurate job portraying what the thing was, but I can't even watch it. We um, had to watch Schindler's List in high school. And I I think I went to the bathroom and threw up like four or five times during the movie. I literally couldn't sit through it because I feel all of that. Like I can't go places. If I go a place where a thing has happened, we went to Gettysburg as a kid growing up. I like was ill the whole time we were, I can't. Um, I'm sure my mother would argue that that was the, but I can- very much remember like feeling the um like the souls and spiritual side of things there but when I was in college um I so Blair Witch Project came out like right as I was going out of my house and I grew up in the middle of the woods and I did like sort of like watch some of that but I couldn't get through like I couldn't make my and I know that's so stupid because it's like the worst like cinematic experience of whatever there was a scary movie in college that I went to with a person I don't want to admit I even met in real life um like that was like valentine or valentine's day or something like that I don't even remember the movie. I just remember not being okay for several weeks afterward, which is so stupid because it's like a stupid, you know, horror movie. But my friends desperately wanted me to watch Scream. And my dorm building was on like a a private Catholic school campus. And so it pieces of it had been previously used by the nuns like because it had been 
you know, uh, that space before it had been turned over. And so our dorm was like one of the original buildings and it was the hospital. And so um, there was a lot of activity there. Um, and the basement where all of the like computer lab and laundry and all of that was where um, the nursery had been and there had been a flood and all of anybody that was there did not make it. So like there was a lot of activity. So my roommate was gone one weekend and somebody had convinced me we were going to watch the screen movies. And like we started out and we got through the first one and then we started out and, you know, cause there's like 87 of them. And somewhere in like the third one or something, somebody grabbed me from under the bed. They had literally laid under the person's bed for all of the movies to scare me. And I like, no. Are you sure they laid under there the whole time or did they wait for you to go pee? No, because that was, I was not uh, like what I am now where I have to be. It makes sense. Not that I haven't like had to pee my whole life, but (laughs) I was likely not sitting there hydrating like I do as an adult now. You know, I probably had had not had real (laughs) liquid the whole day or whatever, but no. Shut up, Amy. Not that. I think the scariest movie that I ever saw, I think it was probably an issue that I saw it too early. Like I was too young to see it. Oh, mm -hmm. I watched The Ring like- (gasps) I've never yes. seen it. Don't. Please don't. You're not going to like it. I wa- I saw The Sixth Sense. That one I really liked because, again, you couldn't guess the end. And I was like, oh, I'm shocked. I love it. <laughs> like, they got me. They it, lot- uh, yeah. There, there was a lot going. I can't. That was a big, that was a big one. That one I, I also saw it. a little bit too young. But yeah, the ring just ruined me. Like, we were having like a sleepover if that ages us at all. But <gasps> I had like... So there's a thing in the mirror, there's a thing in the mirror, there's a thing in the movie where there's like a mirror that like plays a part in mm-hmm. it, and almost an identical mirror, and it was That's like, okay. from my bed, and so like my friend and I are like holding each other sleeping, and she's like, cover the mirror. Nope, we actually okay. don't have a mirror in my bedroom for that exact reason. I'm not, I'm not, not gonna cool. play with you, but not because of that movie, because I never saw it. Yeah, no, I like my my room was like in our basement, and so all of my <laughs> earthly possessions were together. Yeah. So like, where, where else was I going to put my mirror? Now there is right. not. Well, as a child, yes, but yeah. like, no. Other hand, worst partner or group project experience. Oh my god, whose was that? <laughs> Me. I just put that in there a couple days ago. I had a trigger. All right, you go first then. What were you thinking when you wrote that? Well, I won't I won't talk about my current everyday existence that um that prompted that, but I will say that because of my grades and because of the type of student that I was, I was often put with the people who needed somebody who was going to do the project. Um I was very much the person who was like, if you don't touch this, we'll get you an A. Please leave me alone. Um but I can remember very distinctly before um, I was in like this weird 
bubble of a very tiny group of kids that started high school kind of a year early in our school. Um, in middle school, in seventh grade, we would have like notebook checks for English and they were a part of our grade. And so inevitably, so your grades were linked, like they were linked with your partner's grade, but you never knew who you were going to get called to be partners with that day. So it wasn't like you could just like be on somebody for the thing. And without fail, every single time we did that, I would get paired with somebody who like had not done one blessed thing the entire time. And I would be like across the hall in my dad's office, photocopying like all of my notes and whatever. But if they hadn't done assignments and didn't have them in their notebook, I couldn't like photocopy that. So inevitably, like my grade would be linked to this person that had just not bothered to do one thing. And I, and I, it makes me angry as the daughter of two educators um, that like teachers thought that was okay. Like that it was okay to ding my grade and my hard work with somebody else's total lack of give a crap um, just because they needed that from me. Like you chose it's kind of like if at work, your boss could choose that you don't get paid your whole paycheck that you worked for because somebody who hasn't come to work in three months needs the money more. Like yeah. I not okay with that. Yeah. Um, and I remember very distinctly in sixth grade, we had partner projects and, um, my partners were really horrific to me and it was in social studies. My social studies teacher was an asshat. And um, like, I don't know how he was allowed to be an educator. I mean, he would now, but like back when people, I don't know. And so I remember I did really badly on a test, like not long after the project. And I just had like all of these people be disgusting to me. And I had told him like six or seven times what was going on and he just didn't give a crap. And he was handing out all the tests and he put my test down and I like burst into tears and he like made fun of me for getting a bad grade in front of everybody. And like, what a little, like, oh, Miss Perfect didn't blah, 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 which is never how I treated anyone. You know, like I still did all the work and got everybody an A, even though they were terrible to me for two months. Like, so um, I also had a teacher who lost one of my very major projects. It wasn't a group project, but like he claimed I didn't have it. And I had a zero for like, months. And then, um, I had to do like another thing to like get my grade back. And at the end of the year, my, cause my mom, you know, was down the hall, went into his classroom and was like helping him deal with stuff and like found my project on his desk and was like to him, but never went in and was like, my daughter did that. You literally can't like find a paper clip in here like you are the problem but I felt like that was a group project because like I did the project and the teacher couldn't do their job and so like I just I don't I now do have adult trauma around are you doing your work mm -hmm. interesting yeah that I mean that seems deeply unfair that somebody would link your grade with someone else if you don't even get to know who the person is like it's one thing right. to team you up and you're doing a group thing but like if I don't even get to know who the like do you need help do you need support like can I just do it for you like 
which like okay fine whatever um but like that seems deeply unfair where do teachers get these ideas from (laughs) I don't know I don't get it um my worst one I would think um I know it's the worst one because the teacher told me it was the worst thing he'd ever seen um so one of my professors and I like I did every single one of his classes like I drank the Kool-Aid I was one of his groupies um so that's because he was new and so he was like developing all the classes while he like got tenure and stuff um and so I like took all of them I thought they were fantastic and in one of his classes in like my third year of university we it was like so so the class was on Gnosticism um which loved it um it was kind of under the humanities umbrella and we did do this group project on like the virgin mary so and it was kind of like tracking it was like comparing the different gospels together to be like what what tracked like what kind of went haywire how did it go haywire what does that mean potentially based on the text that we were studying um and so it was like a three-month project we got randomized into groups. Like he knew me for years. Like I'm like a straight A student, not a problem. So I got paired with these people and they, like we were having all these meetings and saying like, okay, like here's what we're all agreeing to do. And they were not doing the things that they agreed. And I was terrified because this was like 40% of our mark. I was like, I am not only not going to get an A, I could potentially not pass this class because you people are morons. Um, and like, I was like paying my way through school. I was doing an honors degree, which is a five-year degree in four years. So like, I did not have time to summer school this because my summer school was full of my fifth year school. Um, And so I sent him an email like a month in and was like, Hey, like we're friendly. Hey, like just so you know, like, I don't know how this is going to work out, but like we set these goals for each other and no one has done anything. And then we would set new goals and no one would do anything. And I would email him back and be like, Hey, just so you know, this is what I have done so far. This is what everyone else agreed and they're not doing it. And it got like all the way up to the day they had not done anything. I had put together a 45 minute presentation that like I was going to give, I had made all the handouts, like no one had contributed anything. Like the professor was like up to date and was like, this is insanity. I show up and I had, I had like organized my presentation. So everyone would have like a handout and could follow along because it was supposed to be interactive. And so like they needed the handout because that's what I was using for my presentation. Like, so did the kids you were in like yeah, it was like in I, your group they needed one too <laughs> it was like my first ever webinar like you know how I do this I just show up and talk I was like here's my list of things we're going to talk about and I showed up and like they had one job just photocopy the fucking things and they came and they had like last minute made their own handout out of all the information that I had sent them and I was like this will not do and so like I went to the professor and was like I don't know what to do because I asked them to do one thing and they couldn't do their thing and so like he ended up photocopying them for me um, like, cause I had my one for my presentation, he photocopied that and we gave it out to the class. And then he sent a, he sent a message afterwards to the group being like, so this is the most toxic group I've ever seen. Just so you know, Amy has been like keeping track of everything that's happened. And I have been up to date this entire situation. Amy will be receiving an A. The rest of you will be receiving a C. I was like, vindicated. It is incredibly generous. It is. It is. Well, like the presentation did get done. Like the presentation got done. That's always the risk is that one person does everything. I was just happy that I got an A. Because <laughs> like, it was a, so it was such a good presentation that after that class, he pulled me aside and was like, hey, do you actually want to do a directed reading next year for this? So like one of my entire credits was doing a directed reading on that. And it won the humanities award. 
um, I'm a social worker, not even my areas. Like the humanities people were pretty miffed when we went to the like, um, cause like the social work and the humanities department is together in the liberal studies or the liberal arts, whatever mm-hmm. at my university. And so like, I was there with all the humanities people and they were like, you're not even from here. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, so if you ever want to know anything about the dormition and transition of the, uh, and the assumption of the Virgin Mary, like hit me up. I've got an award-winning paper on it. I actually kind of would. I'm not even joking. Like that would, that would good. actually interest me. It was good. I like went back to the 13th century and just tracked again, like everything that happened and like what is matching, what is not matching and how do we feel about that? It was pretty good. Honestly, it was a good pick. He didn't even tell me he submitted it. Like rude. Cause he knows I get very anxious about that stuff. And so he submit. I got like a random letter being like, hey, like you won this award for your for your award-winning essay. Like, great job. I was like, what essay was that? Like, I mean, yeah, I write good essays, but like, which essay was that? So I messaged him, I was like, um, did you submit something of mine to win an award? Because I got it. <laughs> but like, what essay was it? But also, what do they think was good? Right? Yeah. Like, also, please validate me. <laughs> but did he, res- like, did he respond throughout the semester in a way that would make you recognize and understand that you were not going to be, pe- like, I would have been in the hospital oh, over. Been for so long. Okay. We've been working together for so long. I knew he was not going to do me dirty because okay. like, if I had not said anything, that might've been up to date. But the fact that he had like bi-weekly emails for me being like, so here's the agenda for this week. And here's what I've done. And here's what they've done. And here's my plan for the future. Like, here we got like he and I were like very very close um there was like a little gang of us that kind of went to all his classes because they were all sort of brought out like in a row and so like we all went to summer school to go to his classes um but mm-hmm. we had this thing um where I ended up with too much money on my meal card at the end of the year and so like I just started bringing cookies to class for like our little gang and we'd always leave some cookies on his podium and so like he would come and there'd be cookies and he'd be like oh yeah like thanks for the cookies and so when we went to a new class we'd never tell him that we were going to go to his new class but we'd go to a new class and they were in these like 400 person like theater rooms and we'd just leave the cookies on the podium and he'd come in put down his paper see the cookies and like the eyes would go up and he'd just be scanning for us he's like where are you little fuckers <laughs> like we're here but like, I he, love that. Still close. Like we're like, I knew he had me because like we're to the point now where like I'm trying to apply for my PhD this year. He is right. one of the people writing my letters of reference for me. Like we're we're tight. So like I never doubted that he would take care of it. Um, that wasn't a stressor. The stressor was just how do I do like a five person group project by myself in my full course load. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Was, was the concern um but like even if I had needed more time he would have given that to me knowing that I'm carrying a five-person project like he was he was chill we like him it's that very- feels fair yeah okay this, I definitely wrote this but I literally just wrote disappointment I'm not sure our favorite disappointment our least favorite disappointment like our am I a disappointment <laughs> like I don't that a core belief you're showing? I think it might. <laughs> I think it might have just been a like. I don't even. We can literally throw it out. I have no clue. Was it just a statement? <laughs> like something has been a disappointment today, and I'm throwing it in the jar. But like, what is something that you wanted? What is something like, that you wanted that you didn't get, or you were disappointed about, and did it work out for the better, or did it not work out? Like, that's a cool question. Yeah, we can, sure, we'll, we'll go with that. 
<laughs> we'll make it work. We'll judge it. Yeah. We'll judge. <laughs> I don't even know. Do you have an immediate, like, do you have an immediate response for that? I would say, yeah, I can think of one of those. So like I, okay. So when I started, like when I was in my social work degree, we did this fun thing where we paid thousands of dollars to go and work for free somewhere. Um, and like, well, I know we're all like, ew, internships. Like I understand the principle. Like I was not responsible. I was there as a volunteer so that if anything went right. weird, it was the staff's problem. It never, ever fell on me. So like, fine. Like I appreciate that like for insurance purposes, like I was not liable for anything. Um, that's fine. But so I worked at this senior's home and it was like a senior's home for the deaf. Um, and so it was awesome. Like I got like totally immersed in the culture. I absolutely loved it there. All of the stories that they had, like we did this really cool project where um, I got them to like sign like to like fingerspell their like what the place meant to them because they all live there it's a big community and so like they had these awesome like freedom and love and togetherness and I we like got together and made them into a scrapbook and like we did like all these cool things um and I loved it there so 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 much and I wanted to work there full-time um like I wished so much that they would take me and they ended up filling one of the open positions like right before I graduated. And so I couldn't take it. And I was devastated, <laughs> devastated. Cause like, I so much would have liked to work there forever and ever. Um, and then I quit social work. So I was like, I can't work here. I'm not working anywhere. <laughs> Screw it. I'm going to law. That's enough of that. <laughs> all, all done here. Um, yeah. So I would say that that was probably one of my disappointments that I'm sad didn't work out. I would say um, a disappointment that worked out for like the better, like something I didn't get that probably was good that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. um, mm. That one's a little bit more tricky. That one I would probably say, oh, here's an interesting one, disappointed that I got something. Mm -hmm. So I worked at like a major global law firm. So like it's everywhere. It's like a huge conglomerate. Um, and I started there as a temp. So they were literally moving their office across the street. And I went and literally packed their boxes. It was manual labor um, through a temp agency. And because I was kind of like diligent and I kind of like was nice to work with, um, they had a bunch of boxes that needed to be archived after the move. And so they took like a couple of the people who had packed the boxes and we kind of got together and archived all their stuff. And then because I was really like proficient at archiving, um, they needed some help at the new location. So I went and I worked at the new location and then somebody in the mailroom fell it was winter they fell and they broke their pinky and so like he couldn't do his job so the person from the archive department had to go and fill in for him and they were like well let's let's take amy um so like one thing led to another and I ended up getting hired which is like does not happen in the temp stuff like they make it financially like irresponsible to hire people um so that was fine i was working um like in the scanning department like six months later i got promoted which sounds great I didn't want to be promoted. I was looking for a chill, like no brainer job. And I was like, okay, like I'll accept this one promotion um, because I see that you need help and I see that I fit the skills. So like, fine, I'll do this one thing. 
six months later, I get promoted again. And like my imposter syndrome is just setting in like 100%. Like I have no business being here. I have no management skills. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know how these other two departments work. Got promoted again. And like in between all of this, I'm burning out. So like I'm taking like four to six months off of work at a time just because I like I'm physically throwing up. It was like insanity. And I'd come back and get promoted again. I was like, I don't know how to stop this terrible, terrible machine. Like I don't feel good. This is terrible. People were getting fired so that their departments could get amalgamated in mind. So like I was a pariah at work because I'd make friends and then that person would lose their job and I would get it. So like I ended up with like a department of 15 people, the corner office. And like, it sounds like the dream. It was terrible. I felt like I was like in a cage at the zoo. Like it was awful. Like I was ending up going to work at 5 a.m. to do all my work because so many people were interrupting me during the day with like the rest of the work. Um, it was terrible. And I got to the point where like I quit and they got rid of half my job because I had like special projects. Like my manager was fantastic and just kind of let my critter brain go wherever it wanted to because it did really cool things that made millions of dollars for the firm. Um, so they got rid of that job, the special projects. And then they took my manager job and split it in half and gave it to two people. So I was doing like five people's jobs apparently. And I was like, well, that explains the burnout. <laughs> so like that was the thing that was disappointing that I received because I really just wanted to scan stuff and have a chill job. And now I don't know that I can ever go back there because I have like the manager of five departments on my CV and they're gonna be like, well, why do you just want to scan things? And I'm like, because that's all I ever wanted. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. I'm not even put it on my CV if I ever go back. They're like, what is right. this gap year? I'm like, oh, I had a mental breakdown. So honestly gonna sound better. Because of my promotion. <laughs> right? My promotions killed me. Um, and like, it's horrible because I always feel like it makes me sound ungrateful that like at 27, I kind of had the thing that everybody wants, at least in that space. Mm -hmm. Like I got a lot of flack. Um, there were a lot of jokes about like their child leader and stuff like that. Cause they're all like in their forties, fifties, ready to retire. And I've got the job that they were all gunning for. And now they work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so, like, it was like, I remember we were in the mailroom one day I was helping sort mail just because they needed extra hands. Um, and it was my 25th birthday. And the, one of the people in the mailroom, there was another person there who was working there and they're like, oh my God, Amy's as old as your career. Your career is your boss. Like your, your career, you've been here so long. They're like your career grew up and it's your boss now. And I was like, you guys need to stop. You need to stop doing this. Like I'm a person, I don't want this. I just wanted to scan things. <laughs> so those are my answers, best and worst. I love that. Um, I am, I am a person I think who is growing out of being constantly disappointed, but I think I am a person who probably was constantly disappointed. If we're going to use the word like disappointed to mean like let down in some way, um, you know, I have ridiculously high expectations and standards for myself. And so I also have high expectations and standards for the people around me. They are not as high as mine, but from the outside, it would absolutely look or feel to somebody like I am holding them to an expectation I would not hold myself. And if they didn't know me, they wouldn't know that <laughs> nobody cares about that expectation over here. I am much more concerned about 17 expectations above that. Don't worry. Um, but I remember as a kid, kind of being disappointed in several like adults in my life and just um 
not like not being okay that they wouldn't show up in the way that I would have shown up in my mind if I had been in that space. And so, um, like when I was in high school, there were no girls on the golf team, um, in our league, like in our, uh, group of that level of schools. And, um, so I, started playing in middle school, which would be like, um, like modified or JV or like the younger group of kids. And then there was, um, like varsity, that would be the high school people for the size school that I was at. And like, sometimes if there weren't enough people for the varsity team, or you were outlandishly very good, they would move you from the modified or JV team up to play varsity level. And, there like kind of were enough people by the, like I started when I was in seventh grade, when I was in eighth grade, um, the younger kids would go and we would just like play a few holes while the older kids actually competed or where our home course was, there was like a tiny par three course and then the nine hole real course. And we would go play the little course and they would play the big course. And so like, um, I remember our golf coach um, was a, a female at the time, which just is like hilarious to me that like they could make the golf coach a female, but it didn't occur to anybody that girls might want to play. And God bless him. I was not disappointed in our athletic director. He went and fought and demanded and stomped his foot and said no and yes to people and like made sure I was allowed to play but his son was like a senior when I was in eighth grade and there were there were a couple seniors and then there were like some lower classmen and like they wouldn't always come all the time or like you know maybe they were slotted to play and then they just wouldn't show up to get on the bus to go. And inevitably I just got popped into that space. And so, um, first of all, I dealt with a ton of sexual harassment from the coaches and the guys from other teams. There were eventually a couple other girls in our league when I was in like junior, senior year of my high school career, but like, our guys were really nasty to me. And it like, wasn't my fault. Like I didn't ask to be there. I didn't go and say, Hey, if they're not going to come, would you consider like, it was just today you're playing and get in the line of the people and whatever the the thing is like, right. Like I didn't choose that. And they were really nasty to me and the stupid golf coach didn't do anything. And I was really like disappointed. I wasn't even angry. I wasn't even her. I wasn't even whatever. I was so disappointed that as a woman, she wouldn't be like, you're not going to be mean to the only girl here just because she's better than some of the people, you know? Um, and then I think I have several of those, several of adults in spaces, just not coming in and being like, you're not allowed to show up just being cruel to people. 
Um, I'm disappointed in society in a whole slew of ways. But if I was going to pick a place that I was disappointed, um, that's kind of like a little bit lighter hearted, um, I was really disappointed when Apple decided to start only having the way that you plug your phone in be where your headphones went. Because I don't know who's on top of their phone being charged every second of every day, but ew, and that's stupid. And so like, I'm disappointed that nobody's freaking caught on mm-hmm. that we would like a way to charge our phone and listen to something at the same time. And it doesn't seem like anybody's going to care anytime soon. So have you found with the, I, there was some kind of update that happened. I didn't choose to live this way, but I'm finding that my do not disturb is turning on all by itself. Like it's turning on all by itself and I'm missing really important calls that I'm like sitting here waiting for. Like they're not coming through because it just decided it was going to be on do not disturb. And then I'm putting it manually on do not disturb. Like my phone and my computer, I'm putting them specifically on do not disturb when I'm like calling clients, when I'm coming here um, to like do the podcast with you. And it's just randomly turning off and people are calling through. Like, I do not know what it, like I have turned off, like, um, like I know there's like share between your phone and your computer, where if you turn one on do not I've turned all that off I've turned all the scheduled stuff off like the focus and stuff I'm like do not focus no more focusing like I will turn you off if I want you to be off and it's just driving me insane I'm going bonkers because it keeps interrupting and then I keep missing really like life-altering calls that like you know like I've set up like a specialty appointment with a doctor waited like since August for it like it's April now like it's almost May and I missed her call because my phone was randomly on do not disturb, didn't put it that way. It was like frantically checking it every two minutes. I missed her by like 15 seconds in my like compulsory, like checking my phone again, because it just randomly decided, you know what? I feel like you need to focus right now. You are on here too much. You should focus. It's driving me to so weird. That is the time they put that Coldplay album on it without asking us. And it took a oh, memory. Whatever. Or yeah. Who? Yes. They've done it again. Also, whatever update when you go on your internet took the internet thing from being on the top of your screen to the bottom of your screen. Whoever the crap chose that, you're an idiot. Also, you mean to move it for you? (laughs) Oh, can you? Yeah. Oh, Oh, awesome. See, my do not disturb is scheduled. I've never had it just pop on for kicks and giggles, Mm -hmm. but I will say that I have other friends who put like, turn off their notifications or go do not disturb. And I'm not okay that when I go to text them, it's like this person's phone is on do not disturb. And then there has a thing that says notify anyway. And I'm like, the hell am I paying you for? To have autonomy over my own phone and space. If some jack knob can be like, tell her about this meme anyway. Like, that would no. be, be like, no, she needs this. Trust no. me. Like, no. Like, unless you are my mother telling me about a very, like, upsettingly life altering event in my life, if somebody was like, tell her anyway automatic block you literally will just not hear from my face again well like it's like do you remember when they had the like you could call through I mean they might still have that I don't know but it was like if you called like within a certain amount of time if you called back it would let you through because it assumed it was an emergency 
Um, so like that happened all the time when I was coaching with my clients and somebody would just like, oh, like, I'll just call back again and it'll put me through. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have you on do not disturb. Do not disturb me. Do not disturb. I am not disturbable. No. And so like, I had to, like, I had my husband on it because like he travels all over. And like, if there's ever an emergency, I do want someone to be able to come through. Um, and then we had like a kerfuffle one time where he was like, so our dogs get really upset when he goes. Um, and they used to be when they were puppies that they would just bark all night long. And we were in a townhouse. And so like other people were disturbed by them barking all night at every noise, thinking it was my husband coming home. And so we trained them. If we turn the lights off and get into bed, like he's not coming. Now, the problem with that means if he's coming in from like a festival at like three o'clock in the morning, we all get to stay up until three in the morning because we can't turn the lights off because that would confuse the dogs. Um, so we had a little kerfuffle where he was supposed to be coming home really late. We agreed he was going to stay at his parents because they have like a split level home and it would not disturb them for him to come in at 3 a.m. where it would be a huge thing and like very disruptive for him to come here. They live 10 minutes from us. It's not a big deal. Um, and something happened where like he couldn't get into their house. And so like he came home and was like, well, I'll like call you. And I had like turned off my, you can ring through because everyone was ringing with my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, like everyone's like, well, I'll just ring through. Um, so I turned that off and he ended up like sleeping in her backyard on like, we had like a bench in the backyard. It's like four o'clock in the morning. It is not warm outside. And he's like, I'm dying. Would not let it ring through. And he was like, he got really mad. He was like, I was like trying and trying to like make it ring through and it wasn't picking up. And I was like, well, yeah, because he turned it off. He was like, why would you turn it off? I was like, because everybody's ringing through and that's not the point. So I turned it off. And he was like, well, what if I need to get a hold of you? I'm like, what if I want to like be like not disturbable? Well, like there's this thing about phones that I absolutely hate where everyone feels like they get access to you 24 seven just because they know that it's sitting there. Absolutely not. It took me many years to develop boundaries. I might see your text. I might open your text. I am not addressing it until I am good and ready. It's the same with my clients. We put them into like a specific program. I don't even know that they've messaged me until I have the capacity to go in and I could potentially be answering 10 questions. Awesome. I have the space. I can go in and like be who I want to be, but you do not get to like come into my personal spaces all the time because then I'm not effective as a human being in any space. So like I don't answer emails. I don't answer the phone. Like my parents go through to voicemail all the time because A, I want to know what you're calling about first. If I have to get something ready, if you need an answer to something, like tell me why you're calling me and then I will call you back when I have 10, 20 minutes for a conversation. If you don't have time tools, like tell me when I can call back and you have time and we'll negotiate that. But like this ringing through garbage, like no, abort mm -hmm. mission, mm -mm. hopefully abused. No, no, no. And also like, People will have in the past, now I don't have those people in my life. That really helps. Um, but like where people would be annoyed that you had ignored them. And I'd be like, I didn't ignore you. I didn't have my phone with me. My grandfather used to say all the time, don't judge others by yourself. And it basically just meant like, don't assume the way other people are going to show up in the world based off of how you would show up in the world. So like, just because you might not be capable of being away from your phone doesn't mean everybody is not capable from being away from their phone. And that means not, not in a judgmental way, like you're incapable from, but like for whatever reason, whether you do have work or you have, you know, a semi-adult child, or you have a spouse that's like out in never, never land all the time. Like 
that's understandable, but I don't keep my phone with me all the time for that purpose because of part of my boundary for myself is I'm not even going to let my, right now I need to not even know somebody might need me because I do struggle not to take care of the person's thing for them in that moment. So I just don't have it where you can tell me, like my phone is never near me on the weekend. And so like my mom knows how to get a hold of me. Are you my mom? Then you don't need to know. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. So like I have, um, separate rings for people on my phone. Yep. Eric's parents have a specific ring. It's like the old phone. It's like the old school phone. Cause they're old school. Um, and that's then- how my whole phone ring is. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did you feel the judgment there? My bad. No. Um, like they, they have a ring so that I know if it's them, if I want to like, like if I'm going to run for it, am I waiting for something? Um, versus like Eric has his own ring and it's the like outer space ring. And I have to change it sometimes because sometimes the dogs recognize it as his thing because he'll call and let me know to let him in. And so they forget. So sometimes I have to change his. Um, but we do the outer space one because he's always in outer space. Um, but yeah, it's literally, so I know, am I going to run for that or am I going to let it go? Um, everybody gets a specific ring. Like, like I said, like if I'm waiting for a piece of information, like, of course I'm going to pick up the phone. Or if I know somebody needs something, of course I'm going to pick up the phone. If I have the capacity, Eric is the only person I will run from the shower to pick up the phone because that might be the only phone call we're getting for like six or seven days. And I'm not going to miss it. (laughs) I'm not going to miss it. Um, the problem that I run into is that I need my phone for my clients because I have to look up stuff, um, in a program that we use. And so like, I have to bring it with me all the time, which is why the ringing through is so annoying because I can't not have it or I can't provide part of my service. Mm -hmm. Um, That's frustrating. But yeah, I totally agree. Like we had to get, um, a landline at our last house. We called it the bat phone because only Eric had the number. Mm He's the only human being who had the number. It was so fun. Everybody was asking us all the time for the phone number. And I was like, no, that's the bat phone. You do not get this phone. And it was because I never knew where my phone was. And he would try and call and I had no idea where the phone was and I would miss it. And it's because he had five minutes and that was the only five minutes for like the week. And so we're like, we're going to give you this one phone. You call it. I will always pick up. There were phones like stashed all over the house. Um, but yeah, I kind of missed the bat phone. It was really fun having like a secret thing and like telling people that they couldn't participate in our secret thing. Like there was like a weird power thing there. I like the gatekeeping. That makes sense. Well, enjoy like, that like all the time Eric's parents were like oh like we need the number to the home phone and we were like no, no you don't no no it's not for you <laughs> like I don't know it was like it because it's hard because he is gone for so many months of the year like it's it was so nice to have something special and then to like mm-hmm. make a joke around it like I love stupid jokes around everything you know that um so like to have the bat phone and have him play along because he's very stern and serious right for him to agree to call it the bat phone <laughs> what's like for him to be fun and do the thing yeah like, yes giving me this one <laughs> like it was yeah participate in the bat. bit right yeah but it's like the fact that he would let me put it in his phone labeled as the bat phone like made my day every time <laughs> thanks that's this is how you love me <laughs> I love it mm-hmm. how are we feeling what are we thinking are we done yeah maybe is that it are we done do you want to do one well it is not it um, should we just do day. one more how long have we been here? I've lost track of time. Like a, like a, I don't know, long enough. <laughs> Let's do one more. And like, we just, I will rein myself in, in okay. theory. Okay. 
Yes. Oh my gosh, it's very long. I hope that this is the thing to do it. This is not, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hierarchy that that is not for. Hey, love the day and this is not the one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> current tiny rebellion. Ooh, current, this is mine. <laughs> mm -hmm, it is. I remember my, my current tiny rebellion. I remember what prompted this. So my tiny rebellion but like, I love, first of all, I love rebellions. We are hardwired to rebel. And so I try and notice things that I do um, that are an act of rebellion so I can celebrate them and really log into my system. We are not doing it the way we're supposed to do it. And like, good for you. Um, the one that pops up in my life most often is like, I really like hot chocolate. Like I don't have it all the time, but like, it really does sit nicely in my body. It feels really soothing, really nice to just like watch some TV, have a hot chocolate, whatever. Um, and it says like very explicitly on the side of the bottle, you will use two scoops of powder to make this hot chocolate. And I'm like, eh, we don't follow the rules here. And I always use three and I always like chuckle to myself. Like I used three. like, what are you going to do? It's like, where are the like hot chocolate police? Like, oh, I use three. Like, oh, like, and I feel like it's because I feel like it comes from like, my mom was very like weight oriented weight watchers all those things and so it feels like it's more than just adding three it feels like like the rule was always two and you like like scrape off the measuring thing and it tasted gross it tastes like water that's not enough and so like having three really feels like a loaded thing where it's like not only am I doing three instead of two but also it tastes better like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this more and I'm breaking this rule because it doesn't serve me and I prefer something else and kind of asserting that I've had a lot of trouble kind of asserting what I want and so it feels very silent and quiet and funny and it's like such a stupid small thing it really doesn't impact my life very much but like it definitely gives me a chuckle every time I do it I love that. That and I take like the gummy adult vitamins. Well, I'm not swallowing a vitamin. I also take a chewy. I don't. You're like, are there, are there people that I'm are not that adult yet? Else? Okay. Like, I would rather have like a Flintstone vitamin oh, for sure. too to account for yeah. my size. <laughs> what? What a load of bull. If you're swallowing a vitamin, we're here to let Doing you know <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Um, I think I have some pretty ginormous rebellions. Um, I have, I have a lot of church trauma. It is not actually from my growing up years. It's from my, most of it is from my adult time. Um, reversed, since, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we're like at the exact age we fall. Um, but like I had good experiences growing up in a family that had a faith system. Um, my grandfather's church was not toxic for me to be in. I had some toxic um, people in leadership when I was growing up. Um, I have very specific opinions about that now as an adult, but like the things that stick with me that like screwed me up and gave me blocks as an adult to living my best life that all happened like in adult church but I also got married very very young so I got married when I was 20 um I got married two months I got married six weeks after I turned 20 so I was 19 then I wasn't then I was married yeah so there was that was right in the I kiss dating goodbye kind of culture. And, um, 
there was a lot of like just gunky culture around like men being able to act however they wanted to. And if something wasn't right in your marriage, then like, did you as a female, um, try acting perfectly and exactly how they wanted for an undisclosed amount of time that could be up decades worth of time without ever saying anything about them. So as to, through your attitude, change how they were treating him, (laughs) it doesn't work. And so like, I, I definitely had belief systems that weren't mine, that didn't sit well in my body, that I was not getting information or like messaging from a higher power that this was accurate. And I like stuck in it anyway, because I was so terrified not to. And so um, I think, I think I probably have some rebellions in the work that I do now, because I definitely would not be, um, people, people would be very worried for my soul if they knew, you know, some of the belief systems that I have that I actually believe fall very nicely underneath that. It's just people have, you know, told us how to play with the ball. And I'm like, did you know you could play with the ball more than one way? And they were like, no, you can't. And so, um, but, uh, I had the mouth of a sailor in college when my now husband and I met and started dating. And I had to be like very aware of my mouth when I spoke to him. And I like cleaned all of that out of my speech for a long time because I was so terrified for somebody to call me a bad insert whatever around my faith belief system. And, um, I never really thought it was that big a deal and I still don't. And I, um, so I cuss a little like, you know, I mean, though, so I like all, like I grew up under the rock of God. Like, let's be honest. I'm like a little Patrick star of religion here. Um, but so basically like there was no swearing, like you would swear like on pain of like physical, like literal death. And so like not a peep all through like high school, university, like not a peep. I moved out on my own, still like clean as a bean. Um, and it wasn't until like a couple years into my marriage, um, like my husband doesn't care. Like he works in like poor buses. Like everyone swears. They're like, it's crazy. Um, I started like peppering a couple in and they felt pretty good. And I just like kept going. And now I feel like my vocabulary is mostly swear words, which is difficult because I work with a particular group of people who don't necessarily appreciate that in a professional space. So it like, it feels like, like, I feel like I can transition really well. Like you don't feel like I've ever sworn in front of someone's grandma. Like I can transition in and out rather well. Um, but I have another friend who grew up very similarly to me where like, that was like verboten, like, no. Um, and both of us find now that we have almost no filter in places where it's okay to swear. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like it's almost the same as like I grew up with no snacks in the house and like now it's taken me many many years to be okay with just having them sitting there um but it was because I wasn't taught like what is an appropriate amount of swearing now we're both just kind of like making up for lost time um which you think is hilarious yes it's so like but there are so many studies that are coming out on swearing like everyone's like ew it's gross shows like lower intelligence but no they're showing that people who swear like effectively like there are people who swear ineffectively I will cut you right <laughs> I will get you and right. there are like there are studies that are showing like 
higher emotional intelligence because not only do you understand language enough that you know where to put it to have the deepest impact, you're also assessing the situation simultaneously to be like, is this going to be effective? Is this the kind of punch I want? Is this like, I'm reading the room? Is it, is it okay mm-hmm. to put it here? Um, so there's so much that goes into it. They're also showing that swearing reduces pain. Like there's a yes. reason you want to curse every time you hit something, it literally releases endorphins in your body that lower the pain threshold for you. Like, yes. like maybe I'm just in a, I have a chronic illness. I lived in pain for a long time. Like I had endometriosis and my surgery got delayed. And for the last month I was on like post-surgery medication in order to just live throughout the day. Like you remember that you knew me. Yeah. I was like zonked on this stuff. I was like, maybe I just swear because I'm in pain all the time. I don't know. I'm like, you should try it. It works. It's great. Yes. When I saw that come out, what was really interesting was at the time where I literally just decided I didn't care. Like, I know that my husband doesn't love it. Like he doesn't invite it. He doesn't have a dirty mouth. He was in the military, but like I... I think part of it is probably rebellion in our relationship too, that like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to make myself be perfect if you're not going to bother a whole list of things either, but everybody can write in about what a bad wife I am. I've already heard it. Nobody cares. So I already know. Thanks though. (laughs) Yeah. We already know. Thanks. But, (laughs) But when I saw that that had come out, I was like, what's really interesting is some of my symptoms actually started to subside around the same time that I just decided I didn't care. And it's not that it's, it, I mean, it is more than it used to be just everywhere, but like, it's not like I solely communicate that way, but it was the act of not caring anymore, like not carrying the weight of that. And you know that I believe like we have energetic and physical stuff and they interact with each other. So I don't pretend that energetic stuff causes all of our physical stuff, but I do really believe in not living in your human design, most authentic self, like soul level person is a lot of what causes us pain and not having ease in our life experience, whether it ends up as a physical thing too. And now you have an actual medical physical thing, but it's also not helping that you have like this other thing with it. And so like, it was really interesting that switch in my mind. It's like when they say, you know, uh, when you say to somebody, you really need rest. Like when you say to a client, you really need rest. And they're like, I haven't done anything in three days. And I'm like, but how many times in the three days did you think about it judge yourself for not doing it or like have anxiety over the fact that it wasn't being accomplished well like the whole time so like I hate to tell you but you didn't rest and so like that's what it feels like for me is like it's not just a tiny rebellion it's actually a release in my body to not hold a belief system that something is wrong or bad when I don't I've not genuinely been convicted that it is (laughs) that's my, that's my speech. So there are tiny rebellions for you. Yep. <laughs> Maybe they're so, not, tiny. <laughs> you know, reassessing the situation. It's true. Are we done? Now we're done. Yeah. Now we're done. Okay. So we're really actually done now. Love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye.